0: I had great leaders during my whole career and I learned a lot from them. So that is something you should really look what company you are going to join and what are the leaders telling you and you see that this is not something that you should underestimate.
1: Welcome to the Beyond Sourcing Podcast Episode 7, a podcast series brought to you by SAP about procurement leaders procurement pioneers and their stories behind the transformations and the movements they drive beyond sourcing. My name is Tamara Braun. I'm chief customer officer for SAP procurement solutions and intelligence Spend management. Today, I would like to welcome Michael Niesen here with me in the podcast. Mike is a highly respected leader strategic visionary and trusted advisor in the entire field of procurement and supply chain management. For more than 30 years, he led procurement and supply chain teams. He is one of the front runners when it comes to digital transformation of procurement and supply chain organizations. Good morning, Mike. I'm super excited having you today in our beyond sourcing podcast.
0: Hello Tamara, how are you today?
1: Yeah, thank you very well. So uh, busy times these days, uh, definitely crazy times. And uh, I'm uh, I'm happy and I'm looking really forward, Mike, for the next uh, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, having an amazing dialogue with you. It is not a secret. Dear audience, that Mike and I, we know each other for a while. I would like to thank you, Mike, that you have agreed going for the podcast with us today because I would really like to have today a dialogue with you having such an experienced procurement person and would like to see with you a little bit, put a little bit light on how procurement developed over the last years. So, because who can most probably better tell and share this with us like you? And saying this, Mike, I would be happy if you can share with the audience a little bit where are you coming from? What brought you to procurement? Because it was not, an, I would say... Easy step and it was not a step, a career which started with procurement. So if you would like to share with us what you brought, what you brought to procurement, this would be great.
0: Yeah, Tamara, that is, I think, a very good introduction because, you know, I was educated as a lawyer and then I joined in 1989 a post bank and worked in in operations, marketing and finally then in procurement. And I think it came then back to my real, uh, let's say, ambition or pro- let's say my my kind of thinking about a business. So uh, because I was, uh, let's say, um, built or educated at home, in a, we had a business at home, to say that uh, it was a food business and food discounters with a tradition of more than 125 years. So a lot of tradition... A lot of uh, let's say background for me and uh, when it came then down to the question will you take over the business or will you do something different i decided to go for the education as a lawyer but finally i think i went back to the roots and i am now uh, happy that i did that because uh, procurement is something i really liked during my whole life Yeah, say that, I think uh, my education was really about um, working with people. I like to work with people on a very early stage. I learned that uh, at home in the business. I was responsible also for some of our colleagues and employees so that I have to, to meet every day. And I learned from a very early stage that you have to be part of the solution and gain the trust of your people. So I think that is in a nutshell, a little bit my background, uh, why I finally worked as a procurement guy.
1: And Mike, this is really interesting and I I wasn't aware, I have to say that uh, your family had a business and that you were really in this, I can imagine, difficult situation to say, hey going, do I go for entrepreneurship, do I take over the family business or do I focus on something completely different? How how was this perceived from from your family? Were they supportive for that, had they understanding for that?
0: Finally, yes, but you can imagine it was for, for both of us, for my father, for my mother, uh, they had uh, also uh, mixed uh, mixed uh, emotions about that because, the, the as I said, more than 125 years tradition, it was uh, a business where we were successful, but on the other hand, I saw the development. I saw either you are one of the big players or you are out of the business. So that was uh, one part of my decision. And I think finally we decided in the right, or I decided in the, in the right way, but it was, a, 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 let's say, it was not an easy one. So it was uh, something that I really um, had to to work on very hard by myself and together with my parents and with my sister, by the way. But she was really supportive in each way. So she said, okay, whatever you do, I will support that. So that, that was an easy one. So having, uh, let's say, an older sister, that is always an advantage. <laughs>
1: It is. I know. I'm. I'm as well here. The the older part of the of the siblings. Oh, okay. <laughs> and and Mike, um, it it is really it is a tough decision to say, hey, I do not take over the family business and I study, and then you decided to become a lawyer. So yeah. Why a lawyer? Why not just studying? Business administration, or why not studying something with a technical background? Why lawyer? Uh,
0: that that was also something that I was thinking about a lot because uh, that was really working in, in such an arena and such an area as in the food business. To be a lawyer is not, the, let's say, the first thing you think about, but I was always very interested in law, and I thought it is, from an education perspective, one of the best education you can get. And uh, it is something I really, uh, let's say, um, I was happy about that I did that, because during my whole uh, professional life, I, I saw that this kind of education was very helpful for me, because I, I learned to really to think about not only from the what what's going on, so you have to think behind the scenes. You have to think from the from the end, and you have to think what kind of consequences will your behavior will have. So whenever you you decide something, you have to be responsible for these kind of consequences. And this is what a what a, a lawyer has to do. And I, I remember when I did my doctor degree at the university, we had a one of my professors ask us a very difficult question. And when I started to explain and said, okay, this is uh, not easy to judge or this is not easy to decide, he, one of his feedback was, okay, you are right, but the lawyer has to decide that. And this is coming to the final points. And when we speak, I've maybe uh, later on a little bit more about uh, thinking uh, and and uh, taking responsibility and taking also uh, the responsibility for a decision. that is something that you learn as a lawyer. When you decide something, you it is decided, and then you have to follow it, and then you have to take the consequences. And that is I think what what really uh, challenged me because it is not easy to learn that as a lawyer. The education is very tough. Even when you are a, a, a clerk, you know that is a kind of a training. Trainee program that you have to go through. We go to different uh, st- uh, stages in 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 your education, but it is something where you really have to think about what you are doing uh, to and, and what kind of consequences you will you will uh, generate with that.
1: Yeah, and I and I can imagine, Mike, that this is uh, independent in in which area you are. Very often the case when you are as long in. In driver seat, in a leader position, as you were, that you have to take your decisions, even they are not easy to take, and you have really to think about the, yeah, all the responsibilities, all the consequences coming alongside with this decision, and uh, this uh, this helps quite often in the in the business, and uh, this leads me directly, Mike, to a topic you a very very well known leader especially here in in Germany and uh, you are a real very experienced uh, procurement professional when when you look back to the to the last years and when you really think about what developed over the last years in procurement what do you think was one of the, the biggest, I'm not sure if it is an evolution or a revolution or if it is only a development, what was the biggest development in procurement?
0: Maybe before I, I, I uh, speak about the development, let me speak about a little bit or very briefly about the situation we are in, uh, in procurement. Procurement is not... Uh, All the time, the core of the business, besides some uh, specific industries, procurement is uh, something where you support the business, where you support your internal customers or business partners, however you call them. So what is really important for the whole uh, procurement, let's say, community, you have to gain the trust. And this is something that, is, that didn't change and that is something that will stay forever. You are the partner of the business and therefore that is what you have to, to look at. Do I gain the trust? What is, a, what is it about our relationship? Uh, is there something we have to improve uh, fast? So And so on. So that is something that did not change. Saying that, I think one of the biggest things is that we have to deliver now what we always promised. So there are no excuses any longer in procurement because when we spoke in the past, so we have all the facts and figures, we have all the, the basic topics that you need for a good decision, we have we have prepared all the, the, the prerequisites for the specification and so on and so on. And then when Robert the robber hit the road, sometimes we were not capable to do that. I remember very well when I worked with a, with a consulting company uh, in, in the first years of the century. They, we said I said, I was very proud. And I said, oh, we, you know, we have all the facts and figures that you need. And when you start tomorrow to support us, you will have that. And after a few weeks, they said, okay, you told us this, but this is not the case. And that was a real good feedback because it was not the case. We had a lot of facts and figures, but we were not uh, in that shape that we could really deliver what they were asking for. So that is over now. Now we have the tools and systems available and there are no excuses. So now if we promise something, we have to deliver. And that is a commitment that we have to give to the the business, to our internal customers, to our business partners. And that is something that we have to work on and if we – Uh, Consider it seriously, and we identify uh, gaps or mistakes. I think we have to fix it very soon because the expectation is there. And then, beside that, that is more a basic topic. We have a lot of other topics uh, which are very important uh, or becoming more important. Let's say we we spoke about compliance, but compliance is now very, 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 uh, let's say, much in the focus. Another big topic is the. the sustainability, it's maybe the biggest topic that we have right now. We did that, I think, since from my perspective, I worked in, in, in this area since 15 years with more or less success. We had a lot of uh, good ideas, we had uh, we delivered a lot also in carbon two uh, uh, reduction. So, that is, I think, we were really a front runner in that in DPDHL. But I think there are a lot of other things that we have to do. So sustainability will be the key topic in the in the in the future, because we have to rethink a lot of uh, uh, daily topics that we that is common for us day, day by day, and we have to really to uh, to stop things very soon uh, before we will have bigger issues with the planet. So, beside that, I would say. Trust didn't change. What changed is the request for data, for, for the support, do it fast uh, and, and precise, uh, have a focus on sustainability, and then other topics like cybersecurity, like um, uh, digitalization. These are topics that are coming along from, for, for all of us, but the, the basic topics are more or less the same
1: that's uh that's really a good insight, and thanks a lot, Mike, that you started really where we are today, what is important today because uh, there you see really what was always there and what changed uh i I miss one little piece in what you said, so be beside trust and the request for data, the speed of sustainability cyber security topic would you put a little bit light on the topic, war for talent, because from my point of view, I believe the time is over where this is a kind of buzzword. I would say it is really tangible and we see it in a lot of areas. How do you see the topic getting talents for procurement?
0: Uh, when i when I joined procurement and when I worked over the the, the time, I, I was always very optimistic because I said it is it is such a beautiful area to work in. Uh, there's, there's no doubt that we have uh, that that procurement is is very uh, a very interesting topic for also for young professionals. But I have to learn that that is not the case. and I'm to from today's perspective, I think, the war for talent is, especially in procurement, um, something that we underestimated, because uh, whenever we were, I say we are procurement guys, we are convinced that procurement is a great area and so on. But when you see what is going on uh, in, the, in the, let's say, in the in the uh, universities and in, in in different areas of education, what you see there uh, as a Part of your education to be a procurement uh, guy or to be educated as a procurement guy. How much can you really learn? How much is really uh, offered you to do that? I think there is still a way to go. We try hard to establish some, also some some places at the university and to uh, really to make it more interesting for the for the people. But at the very end, I think. Um, is a, a long way to go, and my one of my thoughts was also all the time: let's uh, combine the 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 guys who are working in in as a scientist in procurement and uh, with with the uh, guys who are doing really the daily work in procurement, so that we have a nice combination and inspire each other. And I have to learn that that is not. Let's say uh, something that is happening all the time because the the guys, the the teachers at the university, they they have a big interest to do that, but uh, they have they will not get any point if they do that. They get their points by having a nice. Uh, uh, description of that what they are doing a nice scientist uh, work that they deliver but there's no let's say point for them or no no advantage for them if they work very close with 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 the real business so that is something where we have to look at Uh, nevertheless procurement is a colorful area and it's a great area but i think we have uh, from also when we speak with uh, with the professors and the teachers at the university we have to Rethink some areas to make it more attractive for young people.
1: And and Mike, you mentioned something which uh, rang a bell for me. This is the the operational part of the of the procurement. And when I look to procurement organisations, they are at least in the middle of this transformation journey. That they are becoming more and more a trusted advisor for for the business. That they are really Focusing on strengthen the skills in regard to strategic procurement, category management, and all these things. And I see years ago, when we thought about bringing operational procurement more to the shared service centers or to outsourcing providers, now we are thinking about really with the digitization roadmap that uh, we are getting completely rid of it. But this needs development of the existing workforce. And it needs what you say, a completely different education path on the university side. So still, it is good to know the operational piece, but it is becoming more and more a strategic function, the the procurement organization. And I would say we have to prepare these young talents for this path.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right, and 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 I think we have to to really to look from the let's say from the, the we have to consider the whole picture. Uh, why is that the case? Where that the the teachers at the university have not such a focus on procurement? We have to go to the roots there and have to to ask ourselves, okay, why is that the case? Because as you said procurement, it's about systems, tools, using uh, of these systems and tools, developing the right decisions, prepare something good as a background for the decision maker, for the final decision, or decide on your own what is the best quality, what is the best price, and so on. So... We always say it's all about procurement, it's all about negotiation. The whole life is about negotiation. But I think from that angle we are maybe a little bit too optimistic and we have to also to support the teachers at the university that they have a chance to bring that across to the young professionals to tell them, Hey guys, if you work in these areas, you have it's not only that you negotiate something and so you know procurement is everybody can do procurement or do purchasing. That is the, the common understanding. No, it's much more difficult. And when we speak about some guys are speaking about the procurement end game, I think a little bit uh, on uh, truth is in that. But I, I think knowing the kind of benefits procurement can deliver. It's it's something we we have to to reshape uh, and and make clear. That there is a huge benefit, and you, you made another good point. It is not only about the young professionals; it's also about the people who are currently working in procurement, because also they have to understand that there are great chances to do something good for the company, for the for the for the whole community, for the planet. Because if you think in 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 new ways, and if you really rethink and reshape the processes and products that we are going to buy. This can really make the difference. So it's a very, let's say, complex situation we are in. So, And we have to, to make sure that the teachers uh, really have a chance also to focus on that with their, with their students and on the other side also the, the guys who are in, in, in procurement today that they really, uh, really tackle that in a, in a different way which is happening already, but I think it's, it's something that we can really focus on more.
1: Yeah, so, and Mike, that that's really a, a good uh, focus and a, a good recommendation. And uh, I know you as well, like me, we are working close together with universities, really fostering these thoughts to, to get the young talents, really, then from the university into the procurement departments, working there close with them. And you mentioned a a very, very good uh, point a couple of minutes ago, really having trainee programs for young professionals so that when you get them, really, these rare talents from the university and they arrive in your procurement organization, that you have then a dedicated trainee program for them. Would you like to share any ideas with us how such a program can look like? Is this that we send even the young talents applied for procurement and arrive in procurement that we are sending them through the organization or which parts would you consider in such a training program?
0: Let's say if if, I... If I have a wish list, I think it would be something where I really ask them first, what is your, let's say, are you interested in, or even better, in which area you are very strong? So what are your talents? What is, and if if I speak about strengths, you know, my definition of strengths is it's not what you like to do. It's more what is easy for you to do. And if that is the case, I think based on that, you can decide whether you go, uh, you join, uh, let's say, a team where a category team, or you you, you join, uh, let's say, a systems team or um, a procurement sourcing uh, system team where you do also these basic work in in digitalization, whatever. So, uh, but coming from that angle, have a trainee program, Program, I, I would do both. So I would really establish a program where the young people learn uh, how colorful procurement is, what kind of tools are necessary, what kind of things they have to understand. Um, you know, I'm also driven by the skill and will level of, of everybody. So get out, what is your driving uh, your driving point inside. What what kind of skills do you have? What kind of will level do you have? Is it something where you really have fun with? Is it something where you really uh, enjoy and you, where you see finally this is my strength? As I said, the strength is what I can do easily. So coming from that angle, a trainee program is about getting, let's say, a good overview Uh, about the things you can do in procurement. And then let's say in a final stage, you should have minimum a period of, of four to six months where you then join that area where you think you are strong in. So if you speak about 12 months, I think I would say the first three months, uh, is is maybe about systems and tools. The second three months is about an operational part, and then the last six months is that area there where you think that you are strong in. And then after that, you have a lot of uh, uh, let's say insights where you can say, okay, now I'm I'm absolutely clear what I
1: would like to do next. Thanks a lot, Mike, for this uh, perspective and putting light uh, really to the trainee uh, program. Uh, Mike, hand on your your heart. If uh, you would be the 28, 30-year-old young talent and you would read a job advertisement for procurement, what do you think would resonate most for the young talent to join this company and to join procurement?
0: I think a very important point is the company, and you you have to have a serious look. Who are the leaders? So I, I had a huge advantage. I had great leaders um, uh, during my whole career, and and that I learned a lot from them. So that is something you should really uh, look. What company are you 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 are going to join, and what what are what are the leaders uh, telling you? And and you see that um, this is not uh, something. That you should underestimate. I think uh, when I when I see that leaders in DPDHL, they really they they do what they what they tell the people, and that is a great advantage if you work in such a company. So let me say that that is very important. Number two, um, what are the advantages to work in procurement? You have the chance to learn a lot, very fast. Uh, it is very colorful, as I said, you are working, you can work as a system specialist, you can work then finally as a category manager. Another huge advantage is you are, let's say, in the middle of, of the, 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 the game. You're working with internal customers and also with external uh, providers, with suppliers. So, you are a little bit the middleman and you, you, you know exactly, finally, what you should know, what your, your internal customer is asking for and what your supplier is capable to deliver. So, this is also very nice, uh, let's say, position to work on both sides. And number three, for me, as I said already, negotiation, saying that as a young talent, okay, I know. A little bit about the company. I learned a lot. I read maybe something about that. This is a company I would like to work for. Number two, what is really the advantage to go into procurement? Yeah, I learn a lot about uh, different areas because when I work in the company, today I do this, tomorrow this, and I have a lot of different uh, uh, areas to look at. So that's very colorful for me. So why shouldn't start with that, and then I see after a while, is that on the long run my, my strength, or is it something that I don't like, but as a starting point in a company, it's absolutely beautiful. And this was, by the way, a challenge for me, because I, we, we tried to fill the pipeline of, of people all the time, and then uh, which is happening all the time, that the people said, okay, no, uh, it was great to work with 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 uh, with a procurement team, but now I would like to do something different, which is absolutely fine. but it uh, if you see then, you have great guys in your team and you are losing them. That's not so nice, but we have to do that because it is an area where the people can really start uh, in a good way in a company yeah.
1: so i I could deep dive for the next hour with you on that, uh, but have a little bit to uh, watch the time. Uh, Mike, I do not want to let you go out of the podcast before asking you really, what is your personal really opinion? What do you think? How important is a proper sustainability strategy and agenda for young people? And how do you see the topic of diversity bringing into procurement?
0: Uh, both are very important, and we learned about, uh, let's say, during the last years, uh, how important sustainability uh, is for 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 the company and uh, for for the for, for the whole, let's say, for the whole world, for the planet. So let me say something: uh, there is a lot of greenwashing going on right now, and uh, I don't like to be so. N- negative about that but i think what is really important that we understand uh, what is really necessary and that we really uh, think it from the beginning to the end and and uh, you know we have great examples where great leaders are really thinking that through and 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 uh, it's not about let's say doing it one step and forget the others no we have to really to do that from the from the from the from the let's say, from the starting point when you create a product and so on. And we have to rethink a lot of areas where we're consuming today too much and where we are, let's say, uh, producing a lot of waste that we can avoid. And I have some examples on that uh, that we can speak about if you if you like. So sustainability is um, the area where we have to, to do more and more and more and more. So that is number one. Diversity is something uh, that I really uh, enjoyed more and more and more over the time. So uh, working first, let's say, first a part of my career, mostly in Germany, and then see how um, the world is is developing and what is requested. When you go then to other uh, areas, to other countries, to other, um, yeah, areas where you have questions regarding workforce and so on, you see diversity is absolutely key to have the different use, the different, and I don't only speak about gender diversity, I speak about the colorful work together when you speak in, in different continents with the people, how they think, how what sh- they should do, how they treat the business, how they really, um, let's say, Develop things, and that is a kind of inspiration. That is absolutely great. And and if if we understand that, that that is a huge chance. I think the more we can do, um, the, the better it is. And the, the current situation we are in, we see a little bit of the the question: Okay, what's going on with globalization? What's going on with the different countries? Will we close our country, or will we will we uh, stop uh, doing global work? I think this is the wrong way and we have to to come back to that let's say colorful thinking that we say okay everybody who is willing to support is is welcome and uh, we have the same let's say as human beings we have the same target we would like to have a good life and using then all these chances that we have as as countries as communities something we really have to 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 focus uh, we have to continue to focus on that. I think diversity is the key for the planet.
1: I, I, I like how you how you mentioned it that the diversity topic is going for you far beyond gender. It's really geography and and generation as well, and, and that's the the real diversity. And I agree with you, Mike. With uh, Having a huge focus on this and in combination with the sustainability, we can be strong enough to, to help the planet, which is definitely very important. And uh, not five to twelve uh, even even later. Mike, one last question before we end. What would you recommend? Really, your personal recommendation to a young talent is close in front to make a decision where to go, what to learn, which path to, to take. So maybe one really recommendation from you with your experience, what matters most these days?
0: One guy said the real secret of success is enthusiasm. And I think, think about your skill and will level Think about what you can do easily. That's number one. Then uh, think about what kind of, um, let's say, things you would like to accomplish as a young professional. Uh, What do you like to accomplish in three and five years, knowing that it is very difficult to to predict what's going on. But I think that is something you should have a clue about. And then uh, I think if you have the right enthusiasm, the right will level to do methodolo- methodology uh, topics or technical topics and uh, focus on new developments. I think you have with procurement the best, best possible uh, starting point you can take in a company. I think beside that, you if you work with a consulting department in the company is maybe another good starting point. But working in procurement is not only something where you said, okay, it's a starting point, let's see. No, it's something where you get a lot of insights. And therefore, I would say, give it a shot. Try to work in procurement. Think about the area, be it technical, be it it more in, in let's say, in a real category. And then um, based on that, you will learn also a lot of Politics. You learn a lot of because it is a uh, very. Uh, you have a broad range of different topics. You learn a lot how to to understand what's going on and so on. So that that would by my, my, be my recommendation.
1: Great, super.
0: Think about your skill and will level. Get about uh, clarity. What what you would like to do, and then uh, give it a shot.
1: Great. Thanks a lot. Uh, Mike, for being here with us, for giving us these great insights, for providing us these really great inspirations. And uh, let me close the podcast today with, uh, yeah, really asking our young talents listening to us today, take a care look on your skill and real level. Where do you want to be in next three to five years? And don't stop to be getting very, very enthusiastic about the things you are doing. Thanks a lot, Michael, for your time.
0: Thank you, Tamara. It was great. And hope we can, let's say, inspire our our folks to join procurement. See you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you want to learn more about Mike, you can look him up on LinkedIn. Stay tuned for more episodes of the Beyond Sourcing podcast. You can also visit the link in the description box for more resources about some of the strategies discussed by our guests. And of course, please like, share and subscribe to our podcast. And always stay curious about what lies beyond sourcing.